So, uh, Far Away Lucas, it's episode 102. It is, yeah. If I say with the rising inflection, then no one can say I've been wrong. I'm just being curious and safe. Been two weeks since episode 100, so I'd hope you could track it from there. Ah, that's the thing, though. I don't know what happened to me last week, so there's so much that happens now, but also so little. Mm -hmm. It's very strange, like... um, simultaneously a lot's happening in my life but i feel like not a lot's happening because just the um uh, the environment and scenery does not change all that much yeah yeah but and there is one thing i want to announce straight away and it is a follow-up something i mentioned last week because i mentioned a potential fact fiend live happening once again mm-hmm. that has now um been um uh, fully locked in so um i'm proud and pleased to announce for probably like the second time, this is only the second time I've mentioned this publicly anywhere. The Fact Fiend Live Meetup 2022 is happening on the 10th of February mm-hmm. at the uh, Sydney and Matilda Bar in Sheffield. Um, there will be a link to it below, no doubt. Um, I'll send you that. Um, I'll send that along to you later, Lucas. Cool. So you can add it to the description of this, and it's going to be a pub quiz based on uh, all things to do with the channel. So it's going to be questions inspired by things that have happened on the channel or facts about the channel. Or facts that have been um, covered on the channel. There's going right, to be, okay. uh, just drinks, <laughs> games, and general good times for all. And I'm hoping, Lucas, you're able to make it because I've noticed um, on the description it says um, further guests to be confirmed because I've not actually got confirmation from you yet. Uh, well, you know what? You can take this as confirmation that I'll be there. Yeah. There we go. So uh, Lucas will be there. Nisha will no doubt be there. I've still got to hear from Brad because he's the one who's got to travel the furthest. Mm hmm. Uh, but um, there will be a travel um, uh, allowance for you guys. Like You'll get a cut of the money that gets made from the event, so you can pay for your travel or get yourself a drink and stuff while you're there. Sweet. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to it because we went to see the venue the other day, and it's like um, the where they normally host um, uh, like bands in a club. Oh, right, okay. So it's like underground. It has like a private bar. Uh, and bro- like, oh, yeah, we're going to bring a bunch of sofas in, like a bunch of like tables and stuff, and there's a stage... Um, uh, where you can like uh, do, what's it now? Like the, the quiz from? Mm, yeah. It's like, oh yeah, get all your own music and stuff like that. So I'm really looking forward to um, uh, seeing if that works out. Well, I'm hoping it does. Yeah. So if anyone wants to come to that, or if you want to, like, you know, hang out with us in real life, that's your opportunity to do so. And, and uh, I think it goes without saying of like, don't fucking cross international borders to try and get it to us. Yeah, that's the thing. So whenever I mentions the way someone's like oh i'm in america if i have enough time i was like do not travel all the way across the fucking world for like a pub to- quiz where you'll you'll speak to us for a couple of hours at most like obviously yeah. we will all have to be talking to everybody so you won't you know our time will be separated amongst everyone yeah but it should hopefully be a good laugh for people who can make it yeah yeah totally because um we've been asked about this a lot like, are we gonna do another live event so now we are and it's there, it's confirmed, it starts at 7, it goes on till um, whenever people want to leave. Because the bar, the guy who runs the event, not the guy who runs the uh, um, events for the place we're doing here, it's like, well, you've got it till 11, but the bar's open till like 1 or 2. And if there's enough people here, we'll just keep it open till whenever, because we've got like a 24-hour license. Oh, right, okay, cool. So uh, hopefully, um, if there are people out there, like, oh, I want to have a drink with you guys, there you go, there's your opportunity and to do so. I presume this is all just, you know... It's confirmed details, but it's COVID allowing. Uh, COVID allowing, yes. Also, um, please be vaccinated. Yeah. I, one of the reasons I was really hesitant to do this is like, if I just say you've got to be vaccinated, someone's like, well, I'm not. Does that mean I can't come? It's like, well, yeah, 
I don't really want to, like, one, I don't want to get COVID. Two, I don't want to give COVID to someone who's not vaccinated and fucking kill them. Mm -hmm. <sighs> but yeah, um, that's uh, links to that will be found below. And if you have any questions about it, um, there's like a email address you can do there for the person who's organising it. And then you know a nice little segue. If you've got any questions to ask us, not about the event, yes, then you can just send random questions for our QA episodes to Carl's Corner QA at gmail .com, which will also be in the description of the podcast. We used to be going to be doing one of those before Christmas, aren't we? Because we we're basically be now in the end game till Christmas in regards to the content that we're recording. Yes. Yeah. Where, like, uh, I think it's, like, end of next week or start of the start of the end of next week, which is a weird way to put it, so I guess the end of next week. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're going to meet up for, like, two, three days and just, like, hammer out as much stuff as we can so we have everything we need. I think you'll need and myself will need for, like, um, uh, Christmas content, aren't we? Yeah, because, uh, uh, you know, I've mentioned before, like, I like to take a nice chunk of time off for Christmas, so... I'm planning on, you know, going down, having most of the videos for, like, all of December already done and stuff like that. So I can take a nice big chunk of time off for December. Yeah, and that's the the hope is that um, I will also have some time off. I've not figured out exactly when I'm, that's going Carl's to Carl's just yet. less good at us. I'm less terrible. good at being less good. lazy than I am. He's not really being lazy, is he? Just, I'm really bad at relaxing because... Um, so much of my success and ability to continue um, earning money is based on the fact I'm consistently motivated. Mm. And I'm aware of the fact that when I take time off, I find it very difficult to get going. Like, go, do you like when you don't wake up on a morning? Right. Like, no, yeah. no, when you wake up and then you sleep through your alarm, think, oh, I'll just, I'll just go back to sleep for like half an hour. And then you wake up and it's like half 12. Yep. That, that happens to me a lot, but like, you know, in a macro sense of, oh, I've got an article to write today. Mm -hmm. I guess I can, like, you know, I'll just do two tomorrow and then it gets to the next. I don't really want to do two, so I'll just, like, you know, put it off. And it's like, that's it. That's, and that's my worry. See, like, I'm the opposite of kind of like, if I don't give myself some nice little breaks, I just start getting, like, so fed up of, like, the mundane of just having to, to like, do the same thing over and over. Yeah. And it's, uh, there's different ways to approach that myself because the, content that i create is always different in a sense like it's made the same way but it's always involved me learning something different or writing about something different or talking about something different that's how i justify it in my head but i'm always terrified that if i take time off i'll lose my motivation and then just like all the shit starts to hit the fan that's fair that's fair and like you know the there's no right or wrong in this kind of situation it's just we both know how we work yes and we, we work in we, very different ways um that's like you know just perfectly valid way to approach stuff especially when um uh, the industry we work in is like you know by its nature creative mm -hmm. and uh speaking of which like, can we just talk about how businesses keep trying to be like look no one wants to work because <laughs> i just before this podcast recording session started um i got a message from a girl from like, something downstairs for you so i went mm. down to the office and she got and got me a meal deal Okay. Like, yeah. She, she she knows I'm gonna be in the office for a while, and I forgot to eat today. It's like, oh, I'll be fine. I'll get some food when I get in. So you know, it's like eight. So she mm -hmm. bought me some food, and I went down to get that. It's like, wow, there's a lot in here. It's like, yeah, because I went into the shop, and there was literally a sign on the door saying no one turned up to work. Oh man. So they were just getting rid of all the sandwiches. So she bought like a bunch of sandwiches, and like, well, I figured <laughs> even if you don't want to eat it, 
it costs like a quid and you could probably just have it tomorrow for the, before you go to the gym or something because she just yeah. got me like a bunch of chicken sandwiches. <laughs> so it was like, she brought me a bag with like two chicken sandwiches and a salad in it. It's like, I don't want to eat two chicken sandwiches but they were so cheap. But that's the first time I'm aware of that happening over here in the UK because it's, you've probably seen a lot of posts and tweets and um, Reddit stuff about a place in America being like, no one wants to work or no one turned up for work today. Yeah, I just thought, you know, everybody over in Britain was too skittish to do that. It's also as well like uh, America just has a much more uh, toxic uh, mentality towards work. Mm -hmm. And the actual rewards they get for working are so much worse. Because that's the thing, like, if if you've got a shit job in the UK, if you've got a shit 9-5, where, or not even a 9-5, like a shit zero-hour contract, at the very least, you've got, like, healthcare taken care of. You don't have to worry about that. Well, yeah, you don't have to worry about healthcare. Um, you still have to be given notice to be fired. You get, a, you know, either living wage or minimum wage or whatever it is. It's still shit. It's shit, but it's not as shit as, like, some it places in the US where, like, minimum wage basically doesn't exist. Yeah, or, like, if you have a job like a waiter, you don't get paid minimum wage, you get tips, and no one tips anymore because no fucker eats in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... exactly. So I just thought that was quite interesting. Of like, wow, I've never, I've not never, well, I've not heard of that happening in the UK of like a place not having anyone to work. Yeah, and I'm kind of glad that that's happening because it's it's so cathartic to see people being like, "Fuck this!" Mm-hmm. It's so cathartic, and to see businesses getting pissed off. And it's like she says she she went in, and just there was a bunch of stuff on sale, and she's like, "Why is all this on sale?" It's like no one turned up. He, he apparently was just the manager there looking really flustered and was like 80 sandwiches that have not been put out in the fridge or anything. So he's like, fuck it, get rid of them. Hmm. Oh God, <laughs> kick it off downstairs. Yeah, do you know what he's doing? He's like, yeah, down with the proletariat. <laughs> oh no, sorry, the proletariat's the good one, the bourgeoisie. Oh, right, okay. The proletariat's the working man. And yeah, I just thought that was interesting because I, I wasn't aware of that spreading all the way over to the UK. I'm glad that it has. Um. Yeah, I mean, maybe just seeing all of those posts of it happening in America has, like, inspired some people. Well, that's the one, yeah. It's the, I believe it's the anti-work subreddit. Yeah, so I've um, seen this crop up um, on, like, the popular section quite a few times. It's now. fucking massive, and this impact that's had is really, really impressive because uh, I followed it a little bit because I was quite curious about, like, the inner machinations of it. Mm-hmm. Inner machinations, I should say. And uh, it gets brigaded constantly by like spam and egg accounts just saying oh um go back to work and stuff like that it's like wow these are actual co- astroturfed corporate shills yeah trying to convince people that this is wrong it's like no you shouldn't not work you've got to go to work like everyone here is just like salty that they don't get paid too much it's like man they're so desperate mm-hmm. companies are so and it's so blatant because like you read the response like you can't believe how nakedly just transparent they are. Like it's so obvious they were being paid to write this. Yeah. And I don't know whether it was the anti-work one or another one that I saw recently crop up of like just you know somebody being in this shit shit situation at work of like, well, um, I offered a lift to my manager like one oh, time. I saw like please please go. This one looks amazing. And uh, do you want me to just try and find it? Try and track that one. Because you know what? I did that to you last week, didn't I? I found a Reddit post and read it out. Yeah, yeah. So let's just trade that. Let's try and... Uh, maybe that'll be a thing. 
when we can make that like a recurring segment. And like something we saw on Reddit that we need to talk about. Um, so you just riff for a second while I try and find this, I guess. Okay, well, the first thing I want to say to everyone is like, um, uh, if you disagree with anything we've said in regards to work, uh, go fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, um, people have never been uh, more um, insecure in their jobs, and the fact that people are willing to walk away from that just shows how much like people have been stretched. Yeah. How much people have been just like browbeaten into submission. Like the fact that like the metaphorical straw that's breaking this camel's back was a pandemic. Like, it wasn't what it was like, you know, a sustained assault on people's like very sense of being mm-hmm. for like over a year. That just shows how resilient the people are who have fi- finally snapped and said, fuck this. It's like, you know, a year of like, living through a pandemic. Yep. That's the, like the um, the discourse on it. That I really don't like of like oh they're just like they just don't like working very hard. They're all like scared to do hard work. Like, they've worked through a literal pandemic <laughs> and not complain once. And all they ask for is just to be acknowledged and paid a fair wage that allows them to live with dignity. Mm-hmm. And they're not being offered that, and they've decided like fuck this. Well, yeah, they should. I guess like yeah. it's really weird. It's. That's when you see those like astroturf responses of like, oh no, you're just not appreciative. You just can't. You're scared to work really hard. Everyone works hard, and you're just like, no. If anything proves how hard these people have worked, it's like the fact they worked through a pandemic and didn't complain. Yep. And then it's like, why? Why do you keep telling people that they need to put up with this shit? It's like clearly this shit is not good enough anymore. Yep. People aren't willing to put up with it. Like, all I can imagine is just that like Simpsons clip because always a Simpsons there's always a relevant Simpsons clip for something. Just Homer banging on the uh, the food cat, going, "Where's my burrito? Where's my burrito?" And just like the thing slams down on the back of his head because oh, it's happening while like his uh, co-worker on strike. Mm-hmm. It's like people are on strike, like striking for like you know better working conditions. Homer's there, but where's my burrito though? That's what he cares about. Perfect. So, Lucas, hopefully I've riffed long enough you to find the aforementioned Reddit post. Uh, yeah, you have, and I was right. It was one of the things I saw from Anti-Work. Because I, I don't yeah. follow that subreddit, but it comes up on like the popular section a lot. It's up there so much, which I think sums up. Oh, which no, I think is emblematic of uh, the impact that it's had, that the uh, self-described front page of the internet is just covered with this sort of thing. And the impact that has on regular people cannot be understated as mention like it's starting to get over here and your theory that it might be inspired by stuff like that people seeing those sentiments and like why are we putting up with this mm-hmm. and like that's the thing is a lot of these kind of things are just when you read stories from one person being like i've had enough and i quit and, and it was I quit, like most and it was great freeing. and then yeah. you see like a bunch of other people respond like shit i'm in a crappy situation like that maybe i would feel better if i did the same thing yeah, maybe I should quit my shit job. Especially when you walk down the high street and every single place is begging for workers anyway. Yeah, exactly. It's like there's never been a better time. They've started hiring fucking 14-year-olds are that desperate. Yeah. There's never been a better time to be working. It's like all the power is in the hands of workers right now. Mm-hmm. Like the old adage, not the old adage, the old like, concept of like, supply and demand. Like Businesses have like used that as an excuse for years to underpay people. It's like, so what you're now saying is there's a limited supply of workers and a great demand for it. I wonder how you address this imbalance. Well, it wouldn't be give them better uh, jobs or better pay, would it? No, well, no, that's not what. That'd be silly, Carl. But like, there's got to be a solution that involves me not losing. Like, again, I refer to um, uh, 
a really poignant moment in a piece of fiction, which is the Robocop movie, where right, I think like half an hour, 40 minutes in, there's like a, a politician who's screaming about the, losing the election, which is mm. like, you know, so, so just like laser pointed towards the future. That's like pointing <laughs> towards the future, like we know it's going to happen. And a line that the guy screams is, I want a recount. Um, he says, I want a recount, I want a car, and I want a helicopter, and no matter what happens, I want to be able to keep my old job. It's like, <laughs> I want everything, but I also want nothing to change. Yeah. I want I, I want everything that I'm owed, but I don't want anything to change. Oh, God. Yeah, and that would never happen in real life, though, would it? No, a politician's screaming that they want a recount because <laughs> they lost and they're salty about it. But yeah, there's this post, um, so yeah, on r slash anti-work, it's gave a ride home to my boss huge mistake yeah and it says i'm 26 male and i work at a local big box store sucks i know but i haven't had much luck entering the career i studied for and that happens to you know a lot of people that's fair enough yeah happens to me job's a job we've all been there um but i worked for i worked a closing shift last week and i noticed my boss having boss having car issues and asked if he needed a ride i drove him home and it was really awkward he just talked about work and I get the sense it isn't his entire world. As yeah. I dropped him off, he says, pick me up here tomorrow at 7am. I was like, yeah, sure, because I thought he was joking. He proceeds to tell me his car will need to be taken to a mechanic and he needs a ride tomorrow at 7am. I reluctantly agreed. I've been driving him into work for over a week and he has gone so far as to change my shift schedule so that I start at the same time as him every day and get off at closing time. He has me off for four hours in the middle of shifts so I don't rack up any overtime hours. Yesterday, uh, while driving him home, which is 15 minutes out of my way, I asked if he could pay for some gas. He went nuts, said that I should be be glad to even have a job, and that I should be grateful for being able to make a connection with someone who is in a powerful position inside the company. Do you all love about that? I'm in, in a powerful position inside the company. You can't even get a fucking lift down, mate. No. If you were in a powerful position in the company, you'd have a company car that had been fixed by now. Yeah, and then the, the guy just finishes with, I need the job, but I don't know what the hell to do. He so hasn't even told self. me when his car is expected to be fixed. Life sucks at the moment. Just don't turn up. Yeah. Just don't turn up. And Is that, is that simple? What, what are they going to do when they threaten you to lose your job it's like well i didn't do anything wrong yeah tell me what i did wrong write down on paper what i did wrong and let me take it to like your boss Mm -hmm. you're not giving me a lift outside of work hours that's not my job also i'm not 100 percent sure like what kind of rulings are in place but you could probably take up the whole like shift schedule up with them as well yeah it's just that thing of it's the entitlement to your time yeah, and, like, don't get me wrong, I'm not painting, like, I don't think either of us are painting the actual worker in a bad light, like, fuck the manager no, no. in this situation. It's yeah, I think the, the worker was, like, it's just being put in a difficult position because they know that they're in a shit position, but they're not the one with the power to do anything about it. It's that thing of give a mouse a cookie. Mm-hmm. Give people an inch, they'll take a mile. Yeah. I've told a few stories on the podcast before about when I used to work in the restaurant, and I do people a favour of, like, giving them like a discount or giving them like, you know, some extra food. And mm-hmm. the moment you like that precedent is set, that's it. You will never hear the fucking end of it. 
It's like once you've given it once, it's like why not? Why why can't I have it again? It's like it was a one off. Well, then they complain. Mm-hmm. So and all it teaches you to do is just don't be nice. <laughs> it teaches you like just never ever help anyone at work, ever. And that's the thing is, um, probably just you know because of my experience of working as a waiter for so many years is. I would never try to take the piss and always be very appreciative of somebody if they went out of their way to help me. And just, you know, I understand. It's that one-time kind of scenario. But that's the thing. When you're in a position, like, as a manager and you're so used to just shitting on your, like, the lower-down employees Mm -hmm. and, like, you know, pissing on their heads and telling them it's raining, to have someone talk back to you. So it's an abusive relationship. It really is. And I don't know like there's no extra clarification after this post but um that's a shame i would have loved to hear like the thing like have you seen the anti-work was it just the text messages people said i'm not coming today and they're so good there's not like a resolution to this but i i would definitely think there's a chance the manager hasn't even sent their car to a mechanic yet no because they've gone wait well i'm getting free lifts anyway what's the what's the rush to get my car fixed yeah like they're clearly as he said the job is clearly all they give a shit about. It's their entire world, as they said. And they're just cl- like in from open to close every day. So as long as they've got the lift to and from work, so it fuck it. Yeah. And yeah, like... It's an abusive relationship. It really, really is. And like It's that thing of like, I'm going to take everything from you and the moment you like ex- ask me for something in return, I'm going to flip my fucking shit. How dare you? How dare you ask me to do anything? Do you know what I do for you? It's like, well, now... You don't do anything. It's like, you tell me to do my job and then your company gets paid by, like, the higher-ups to then pay me. So if anything, you're just a middleman. It's the problem. It's, it's always the people who are in the middle who are the ones who give the biggest shit and make mm-hmm. everything worse for everybody else. And yeah. I refer to a very, very telling statistic um, it's probably out of date now, but um, like a couple of years ago, it was the Department of Labor or something like that, and did a uh, just massive, massive um, uh, just meta analysis of studies and questionnaires done for workers, and they found out that over fifty percent of like just mid to low level workers in the United States would accept, and I quote, a significant pay cut to see their immediate superior fired. <laughs> and it's one of those things of like I'm surprised businesses across the United States didn't see that statistic and realise that they could one, cut out a shitty middle manager's job, that's like probably causing like no real benefit to their company and save money that way and offer pay people less Yeah, and the idea that like over 50% of workers um, polled would take a significant pay cut to see their immediate superior fired but then the the issue is like in a company that's a big company it's then how do you fill those voids in yeah and a lot lot of the time no but a lot of the time like that's the way the system is set up you know what i mean of like yeah well i'm overseeing these five managers so that then they can oversee these teams and it's like okay so when you take away that is it just that the person that was managing five managers is now managing five teams like because that realistically won't work well is that a thing though isn't there of uh, like most of the time um, a lot of what middle managers do is just delegating tasks anyway but like mm-hmm. i to defer to our own experiences here um yeah. like when i was at the restaurant i worked in restaurants i worked in bars and stuff 
after I'd been settled in, after like what the two three month mark, mm-hmm. my actual manager never had to do anything. Yeah. In regards to telling us what to do, and there were days where the manager wasn't there and the shift went fine. Because yep. once you've got the figure, the feel for how the job works, you don't need to be told how to do the job. But the issue that you run into is like, for example, when I was at Nando's, where, you know, on a shift, because it was a big restaurant, there'd be 30 members of staff at least on shift at one time. And there were clearly the people that were making a clear effort to try and do zero work. That's fair. Yeah. And that's when, like, obviously I understand where managers do come in but at the same time like in a realistic world where people actually gave a shit about their job if we had a good team on we wouldn't need a manager that day like it would just be smooth sailing yeah well that's the, um, the what the pandemic started as it with working from home mm-hmm. like productivity in almost every business that's embraced working from home has either stayed the same or gone up and they've saved so much money in costs and like we've talked throughout the pandemic of just so many of those middle managers must be fucking sweating Oh yeah, sweating, totally. realizing the obsolescence of their own career as like, why are we paying you to manage people when they seemingly manage themselves? Like, as long as we promise to pay them a decent wage and lay out clearly what's expected of them in their day to day dealings, we don't really need anyone to watch what they're doing because it gets done. Yeah, and it's just people enjoy having that little bit of extra freedom to do like work as they see fit rather than someone breathing down the neck and as you say it ends up being more productive in the end in most cases and the thing is well the people who breathe down the neck though they love it yeah they love it so much because i think anyone who's worked pretty much any job where you have some like semblance of like team and there's like you know a hierarchy there has experienced that person hmm the person who like they live for that shit they live to tell you what to do like they get off like tin pot dictators they fucking love it and i always saw those people where you could see them like you know over the years like rise up the ranks and like get promoted and then they they like you know become like a supervisor or a manager or whatever and you like see that spark in their eyes like yes now i get to absolutely just wail on everybody and it's like oh you are the, like you are the problem here like, you, you have the smallest penis like, this is it this is the absolute pinnacle of your life right here being able to lord superiority over other people and so much of the time as you say it's like people in the middle where they're not actually they don't have any significant amount of power but they have a perceived level of power where they, they go on like that little power trip. And there's nothing more hilarious than when that facade is just shattered. Mm-hmm. Like with the pandemic of just middle managers being like, well, I, we need to install software on your laptops that record you all hours of the day so we know you're working. It's like, fuck off. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, why don't, why can't I just watch what you're doing? I need to manage you. It's like, no, you don't. Yeah, the idea and they can't handle of it. like, being able to watch everybody's screens like i know that you know for a lot of working from home like a lot of companies have to do like screen sharing at times to like show yeah. each other their work and stuff but the I idea that you've got it. somebody just monitoring you know an entire team's worth of screens to make sure none of them are taking a break at any point like i say it's a, 
akin to an abusive relationship. It's like having a partner who insists on reading your texts. Oh, God, yeah. It's like, who are you texting? Who's that? What are you doing? Where are you going? What are you doing right now? It's just... Like, I, I couldn't, it's not one I couldn't to one. stand that. Of like, it's not one-to-one, -one, but it is still a relationship of somebody... Of sort. ...taking yes. complete control over your life. And then seemingly relishing the... Um, uh, that level of like control they have over another person, and not seeing why it's a problem. Yeah, and then the moment that that control is like rested away, because we've all heard the stories about like um, partners like that who mm -hmm. flip their fucking shit when their partner finally says, "You know what? Fuck you. I'm done." Yeah, and just leaves, and they absolutely go ape shit because they can't handle it. They can't handle being told that they're wrong or having that power stripped away from them. It's you know so funny to see. It's really funny because it reminds me of like, a conversation I was having the other day okay. uh, with my girlfriend. I'm just saying, oh, yeah, you see all these posts of like, oh, um, you know, I hate it when my partner, my boyfriend, my girlfriend, whatever it is, my wife, my husband, they go out and tell me that they're going to go on a quiet one and then rock up drunk at like three o'clock in the morning when they insist that they were only going to be out for one. Mm -hmm. And it's like, look... If you're going to go out for a rager, just, like, fucking tell me. You don't need to bring up this facade of, like, no, no, I'll be back in an hour. I'm going out for one drink. It's like, no, fuck it. I'm going out for some drinks. I'm going to have a laugh. So like I don't get that whole idea of, like, needing to lie about going out and having a fun yeah. time. Because I've had that with my girlfriend once or twice because she's from America and then lived in Japan for a while where their drink, approach to drinking is very different than their drinking culture. Mm -hmm. um, it's not the same as ours. And she did get genuinely worried with how drunk I got. Yeah. And it's one of those things where I had to like take a step back and go, yeah, I'm probably drinking more because I'm I'm older now. I've not been out like what in a year and a half. So mm -hmm. like, my tolerance is down, but I'm still acting like it's I'm you know the younger, fitter man I was two and a half years ago and that's a bad thing and that's just bad for me and my approach to this is unhealthy mm. and now we've like you know we've, we've got over that initial hump and i was like yeah if you want to go out for drinks go out and like she's the same way where it's like she's going out to see her friends and um, when she asked she asked me once like oh do you mind if i stay out i was like no yeah why, why would i be annoyed that you're having fun with a friend exactly and there's always those nights where you think it's gonna be like i'm going out for a drink and then it ends up into something else but all you need to do is send a message along like, oh, turns out it's not going to be a quiet one. Yeah, we say that for a couple more. It's like that uh, that legendary Daily Mash headline, isn't it? The, the satire website. Well, I guess we're staying out, says third pint. Yeah. <laughs> That's all it is. It is. And like, I, you know, I can't imagine a relationship where that third pint comes out and I'm like, oh shit. Now I have to just lie to my girlfriend and tell her that I'm going to be back home in half an hour for hours on end while I continuously get more and more drunk. It's like, yeah, no, just say, oh, look, it, the night has escalated a little bit. I'll see you like later and I'll keep you up to date. Well, it's a difficult thing for me to learn with my girlfriend. She doesn't give a shit. She's like, as long as you tell me where you're going, I just want to know what time you're getting in because like, I'll be in my underwear in the front room yeah. and I'll need to let you in because there's only one set of keys. Mm -hmm. Other than actually, yeah, but I had... Oh, I've had girlfriends in the past who get really mad about that. Yeah, yeah. And it's that thing of, like, I have to constantly check in. And she's like, why are you still texting me? I don't mind. Like, just tell me when you're on your way back. I don't mind otherwise. Yeah, yeah, exactly. like, No, because I had girlfriends in the past who would just be like, well, where are you? Where are you now? Mm -hmm. I'm out with my mate. Which pub are you in? Who are you with? I think, like, I had the opposite thing with my girlfriend where, like, 
the first time she went out and I just was like, I hope you have a nice time. Let me know that you're safe. Let me know when you're coming back. And that like clearly wasn't texting her all the time. It's like, oh, thank you. Like you just kind of left me to it. I appreciate that. Like that's a weird situation. It's like, no, it's not just, I trust you and just want you to be safe. Yeah, and that's what I had with my girlfriend. She's like, "Man, you really got fucked." Because I did, because I had that of like, uh, and you never, you don't realize that's thing. You don't realize you're in a relationship that's abusive mm-hmm. or has abusive like toxic elements to it. Same with like people at work, where they just don't know that they're being mistreated or like you know things should be different and that like, they should be treated in a different way. Yeah, exactly. And like a lot of the time, it's either that you need somebody else to point it out, or more often the case, it's that you need to be able to especially when it comes to like you know having a partner like actually take space away from that relationship until you realize how bad it was yeah an experience and it's quite jarring like i said the one with my girlfriend is like not giving a fuck Mm. and then the girlfriends i've had in the past being like i want to say it got to the point where it's like you have to send me a picture of you on the night out so i know who's with you and if there was someone in the group she didn't know it's like who's that Oh How do you God. know them? Why have you never mentioned them? It's like, well, it's a mate. But what mate? Where'd you meet them? It's like, I don't know, uni. But what in uni? It's like, I'm out right now. Yeah. Oh, my word. Yeah. That <laughs> yeah. Was and that's the I didn't realise at the time. Mm-hmm. Because you don't realise, you think, well, this must be what having a girlfriend's like. I know. Because all you ever hear in, like, pop culture is one of those things, like, pop culture's done a really bad job of establishing what a healthy relationship looks like. Oh, yeah, it has. Yeah. Because almost every relationship has portrayed by media, which isn't realistic, but it's the best example a lot of people have besides like their parents hmm. and that's the thing of like if you've only the only example you've got is like you know one or two relationships you experience as a kid and then everything else in media which like vastly outweighs um any like personal one-to-one interactions you've had yeah experiences exactly. you've yeah. had and like so many relationships in media are just fundamentally toxic <laughs> and do you know what using that as jumping off point, what are your favourite or, like, just any particularly toxic relationships in media that stick out to you. So, I mean, we talked about, like, The Office last week, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Like, Jim and Pam's relationship being terrible. And just, like, the the Ryan and Kelly. The Ryan and Kelly, though, that, that is portrayed as a bad relationship. That's the thing. It is, yeah, yeah. It's portrayed as, like, so cartoonishly over the top and toxic. But, like, the Jim and Pam one, you have people actively pining after a relationship like that. Mm-hmm. Like people on Tinder as of what I'm looking for the gym to my Pam and stuff like that. And it's like, why? Why would you want a guy who um, isn't honest with you and is impulsive and will like spend all of your money on an event on a like adventure uh, without consulting you or buy a house without asking? Yeah, yeah. And I think like maybe one similar to that, maybe not about the money, but the rest is like in How I Met Your Mother when they take that swing of oh, Barney and Robin have got to get together, but Barney is constantly doing it through just lies. And obviously, in the end, um, that is shown to to be a problem and they don't stay together, but it's just, oh, yeah, I'm so pissed off with you and you lied to me and pretended like you were in love with, like, somebody that I don't like and et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, oh, but you did propose to me and it was really romantic, so I guess we'll get married. Yeah, you did one thing, like doing one thing undoes all the other things that you did. It's like literally, I think it the prior scene or like even the scene where they get engaged, can't quite remember, but it's her like screaming at him like everything you do is a fucking lie. And then he pulls out a ring and she's like, oh my God, I love you. Yes. Yeah. Like, uh, 
sorry, no, <laughs> no, no, no. It's like um, the the best example, or like probably like the most favourite, like Ross and Rachel. Their oh, relationship's God, yeah, fucking yeah. terrible. They have such a terrible relationship. And I rewatched it, um, you know, for a umpteenth time a couple of During years ago. During the pandemic, as a lot of people. No, do. it was it was actually a couple of years ago because my girlfriend had that, never seen it, and I was like, oh, cool. We'll we'll sit down and watch it, and uh, it's rough on a rewatch, isn't it? It really is because you, I think, in your head, you remember there being more of a like fix between them, and like as if there's some kind of you know reconciliation, but it there really isn't. It's just kind of in the end they get together. And it's like okay, but it feels really forced. It kind of comes out of nowhere in the last few episodes, like. Oh no, we secretly both loved each other the whole time. And they also as well have just some really, really dire moments where you get to just have a glimpse into the personality. And again, if someone's out there like, it's a fucking TV show. But these TV shows inform people's opinion of what a relationship looks like. And when the TV show is portraying this as a good thing... How many people in the mid-thousands, were mid-noughties, were saying... They want to find like the Ross to their Rachel or vice versa. They want a relation, yeah. They want to emulate the relationship they're seeing in these shows because they see it as like you know romantic or what have you. And like stuff like um, uh, early on, where Ross is like really weird and possessive before Mm -hmm. him and Rachel get together, and she's like, oh, she meets a guy. I think is it Paolo. Yes. And it turns out Paolo is a piece of shit. Yeah. He's a womanizing piece of shit. But prior to knowing that, the only experience we the audience have is the same one that Ross has, and it is when they're all together as a friend. And Paolo just seems like a really nice man. Well, from like He's... the moment, um, it like Rachel's like, oh, I met Paolo downstairs. It's like Ross is just so angry with it, the whole situation because he's like, no, but I was about to ask her out. Yeah, he's, he's annoyed at the idea that somebody else approached her. And I think Friends is the show that either coined or popularized the term friend zone. I believe so, yeah. Joey gives Ross a speech about the friend zone and tells him that he's stuck in it. Mm-hmm. It's like, because you were a friend for so long, now you can't be in a relationship with her. Which, once again, we've already mentioned on the podcast, isn't true. Like that, It's a myth. The, the friend zone is not a thing. Like You obviously can be friends with someone and then like get that to turn into a relationship. But generally speaking, it happens naturally, not a one-sided thing where you're manipulating the other person like Ross tries is- to do. Which is one hundred percent what Ross does, and just like every single time, like Rachel does anything, like has any, like, has any sort of agency in her own relationships, he gets so mad about it and so possessive and angry. And then at the same time, like they have like the, the most infamous moment series, like the We Were on a Break, where Ross is completely one hundred percent in the wrong. Um, you want to remind me what he does? So they say maybe we should take a break from us. And then Ross immediately, like, you know, sad Ross, poor Ross, goes to a bar and gets hit on and sleeps with uh, the girl at the bar that he's been talking to. See, this is the one why I like this thing so much, because I, I agree that Ross is a dick about this, but Rachel's response to it is all, is one of those things where it's like, oh, they're both just oh, as bad the as response, each other. The response is terrible, but I think in the initial act, like, Ross is not in the right to be like, Oh no, but you said maybe we should take a break, therefore I'm going to go sleep with someone immediately that night and then hook up with you the next day again. And so not that's even the one, mention yeah. it. It's, it's like, like the fact that he doesn't mention it, but it's that thing of like, at that point in time, they are broken up. And people but they're not broken up. up. 
they're on a break, and it's like, it's, that like, weird, it's like that's where the, the thing lies. Because all just... that's like the only part of the conversation you see is maybe we should just take a break from us, and then next thing you know, he's sleeping with another woman, and it's like, a you said that you were like you know so madly deeply in love with Rachel, you'd probably put up a bit more of a fight, and b like that's not even a breakup yet. Like that is yeah. something where you probably need to come away the next day and have a proper conversation. Yeah. Like And that's the thing, people yeah. do make mistakes though. Like there is like the precedent in real life. I've seen it happen of people just like, you know, they're so different. They go out and they just like sleep with someone like, you know, because they're feeling so distraught. But like that whole mess of what comes from that of like, oh, Rachel writes like a thirty six page letter. And then that demands she that expects- he reads it before the night is over and then make a split dis- like yes. decision right away. It's like, no, give the man a couple of days to go away, read it, process it, and don't badger him about it. And then again, Ross lies about reading it. And then he says, when she asks him, does it? And he says, I think he says yes. Mm-hmm. And then he reads the letter and he says, I do not. And like the thing that he agrees to is that he takes full and complete um ownership of his actions and admits that what he did was wrong it's like that's yeah just admit what you did was wrong it's like yeah it was like i did it and i accept that and it was like you know it was a dick move that's all he had to do but you can't accept being wrong she is willing to say all like i will take you back completely if all you do is admit that you were in the wrong in this situation like that's the thing because when he says that whether we were broken up or not or whether we were just on a break like you do not have the right to immediately sleep with somebody else. That is going to hurt her feelings. Yeah, and that's all she wants. And like that's the thing when when he agrees, like oh yeah, he says yes, and she immediately hugs him, forgives him, and they're like you know um, she forgets all about it and never brings it up again. No, she does bring it up like at the end of the episode, and that's when he can't even swallow his pride for this woman again that he says he loves with all his heart and has yeah. obsessed over for years and years. It's she is literally in your arms and you can't just swallow your pride and admit that you were wrong. You have to break up the relationship. You, you have to be. And then once they're broken up, then he gets, again, he gets weirdly possessive. That After they broke up, she goes and does the same. Right? Because I think he immediately went and slept with somebody else. Mm-hmm. But when they break up, and it's like years later, he's still getting pissed off when she's with other men. Mm-hmm. He's getting, it's like years. And... um. It's funny because we we mentioned this a little while ago. I don't know whether it was on the podcast or something else where, okay. oh yeah, Ross is made out to be like this absolute loser, but his history of hooking up with women is like unprecedented. It's, yeah, that's um, a common trope on TV of the unlovable loser. Well, yeah, because I was going to bring up that um, I've been watching Jenna re-watch Big Bang Theory as like, She's been watching it while I've been cooking or whatever as just background noise while she plays Animal Crossing. It's good Crossing. background noise, yeah. And there, again, they are some horrible, horrible they relationships. Are. But Leonard hooks up with so many women out of his league. It's unbelievable. I forgot how many women he gets with. Oh, yeah. And then he's constantly talking about how um, no one's going to like him and no one's going to love him. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's like every time I see a turn on Big Bang Theory... He's either hooking up or in a relationship with another really attractive woman. He's like, oh my god, and he's a horrible person, like they all are. Well, that's the, that's the thing, isn't it? It's um, uh, uh, they constantly whine about no one liking them. Mm-hmm. 
It's like, oh yeah, like nobody likes us. It's like, because we're nerds. It's like, no, because you're awful, awful people. It's like I recently saw a rewatching like the episode where um, Penny gets with like a dumb guy and he goes into their apartment and they're all making fun of him immediately. And yeah. Penny's like, hang on, you guys have complained about being bullied by people, but the moment somebody else comes in that's not like part of your clique, you bully them. Yeah, and they are just... It's the same thing with like, uh, no one would ever be friends with um, Sheldon in real life. Like the constant recurring gag, and I use gag with big air quotes, of um, Howard only being in, um, uh, he hasn't got a doctorate, so they don't call him doctor. Hmm. And you constantly have Sheldon saying, well, you just do like, I do theoretical physics, you just like make technology. And he's like, I made shit that went to space. And then he becomes an astronaut and he still gets shit on. Yeah, and he's still when he's like a as, fucking like, astronaut. The lower level of intelligence within the group and he's like the one that they all pick on it's like hang on no i'm a fucking astronaut yeah and every t- and they have moments where he goes to sheldon and he complains like stop fucking making fun of me being an astronaut like i've got a degree from mit i've been an astronaut and i'm like a well respected i'm well respected in my field he's like no it's like ah but you're not a doctor ha 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 great great cool got it and oh, um I think like the, um, the the what's the word now like the the proto version of all these characters the prototype of all these characters is the George Costanza. So are you familiar with Seinfeld? Uh, not overly. Like I've never sat down and watched Seinfeld, but obviously I know bits and pieces through just osmosis of pop culture. Like, and you know what the character looks like, Jason Alexander. He's yeah, short, he's, he's like balding, the short balding he's guy. Yeah, wearing glasses. And he, throughout the run of the show, that his whole shtick is that he's like, you know, unlucky in love. Mm-hmm. Constantly complaining, like, I can, he can never get a date, no one likes him. And I have like an article here where like, he specifically talks about how he's wearing sweatpants in public to say that he's given up being attractive enough to land women. Right, yeah. And, and here's one of those things where it's like, uh, if you break the shows down, and it's obviously that this is something that's easy to establish and um, uh, easy to keep the illusion of when there's only one episode a week, but when you can binge it all in one go, yeah. <laughs> um, you realise that's complete horseshit because someone works out here, over the course of a show, he has 43 girlfriends. <laughs> 43 girlfriends. Which is about, you know, like, what, 30 to 40 more than most men have? In their lifetime. In their lifetime, yeah. Over the course of one 10-year season, including actual supermodels who had guest spots on the show and Marissa Tomei. Not like an actress, like, you know, her playing someone, like Marissa Tomei, the real-life actress at the time. Is that the one who plays He's in the show, and he's... Yeah, and he's one of his girlfriends. Yeah. And she's there, like, she's his girlfriend as actress Marissa Tomei. Yeah. Man. As Marissa Tomei. And it's like someone did a a similar thing where they broke down um, uh, the relationships on Friends, because, like, Chandler is a similar character like that, where he constantly complains that he never gets, like, um, a date. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm going to find the actual statistic now. But do you have anything to say about I know it's Chandler's constant complaints? Uh, yeah, just Chandler constantly complains about never getting any women, and including that one where he's stuck somewhere with like a supermodel. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, I don't know what to do. I can't talk to this woman. And it, the entire episode is him being stuck in, like I think it's like a bus station or something, with her. Mm-hmm. And he's just talking himself up the entire time. Like, come on. 
you can do this channel you can go and talk to this woman like you're yeah. the only person she has to talk to well i have the breakdown here of um uh, every character on friends had way more sex than anybody else ever uh, more than the average so we have it here so joey tribbiani had over 10 seasons 17 um uh, girlfriends and then a lot of one night stands yeah as well yeah like phoebe and ross geller had 16 sexual partners each fucking hell um uh, rachel had 14 monica geller had 13 including tom Selleck and a millionaire <laughs> yeah and, true um, yeah happy hogan and then Matthew Perry, um, uh, Chandler Bing, had nine over ten years. But I think the statistic is most people have like five to six over the course of their lifetime. Right, yeah. So like even... Actual so proper relationships, yeah. Proper, like, I'm, I'm thinking like, uh, just, Joe, you know what, let's get the actual statistic now. We can do this right, we do some like that. So this well, as bear in mind weird. as well that Chandler and Monica get together like halfway through the show anyway. So take, what, four or five seasons out of their... Um, availability yep. to go and sleep with other people. Yeah, so I have it here. Um, the average uh, for men and women in the United States is 7.2. Okay. Yeah. So so Chandler Bing, as the self-professed loser and looking love, over the course of 10 years, so not even his entire lifetime, mm -hmm. over the course of like just 10 years of his life, has uh, like 20% more than the average person. And that's the thing of like, when you look at something like that, then George Costanza, 43. Yeah. Yeah. He has like six to seven times the amount of sexual partners the average person will in their entire lifetime over the course of 10 years. And his character is portrayed as being a fucking loser. <laughs> He's out there when you look at that, When you look at that, it's like, it's no wonder people get so... Uh, it's, do you know what that is? That's the relationship equivalent of um, penises in pornography. Do you know the, the thing that like, so many men are insecure about that because like they're only experiencing another penis in their life is in pornography where like you know it's by definition they're gonna have like you know um a larger than average penis oh right okay so people it's that. It's... feel inadequate but their only experience is like above average yeah their only experience is something that is like deliberately skewed and that's the thing like when you look at a show like you're watching seinfeld and there's a fucking loser on there whose his entire thing is no one likes me and he has like nearly 50 girlfriends and then when you're sitting there as somebody who's, you know, unsuccessful with, uh, you know, the dating game, and it's like, oh man, this guy complains about having no dates, but has a date on like every other episode, and I'm sitting yeah. here twiddling my thumbs like, uh. And that's one of those weird things of like you can see a lot of that. Um, uh, you see that in a lot of uh, real life. And what that got me, that was like, you know, it's a bit less. Um, uh, R-rated, should I say, hmm. is did you ever see that article, I think it was like Vice did, about people getting insecure about their Animal Crossing islands? Carl, I did not only see this, I I live this life because okay. my so island does not look anything compared to my girlfriend's island. Like, she's got that lovely five-star island, prim and proper, and decorates it to like match different seasons and stuff. And I'm there with a half finished island and I've been for a year. Yeah. So tell me about like this because there was like a, there's, I've tried to look for this and there's so many different articles and just like um, Reddit posts about like, I'm really insecure about my island because everyone else's island's so good. This game's supposed to be relaxing, <laughs> but seeing how immaculate other people's islands are are making me feel bad. 
Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Because you, you see a lot of articles and a lot of, you know, Twitter or Instagram or Reddit posts or whatever it is of like, oh, here's my island that I spent a thousand hours on and it looks immaculate and it looks great or articles where it's like, oh, here's like the 10 nicest islands we've ever seen on Animal Crossing. And somebody's yeah. sitting there with 50 hours in the game going, but mine looks like a shithole. Like, yeah, well, yeah. I've just... That's the thing. I've just put in the word insecure on the Animal Crossing subreddit, and there is like 50 results already that I'm just scrolling down. People are like, I feel so uncreative. Does anybody else get insecure thinking about other people's islands? This sub is making me insecure about my island. Stop comparing... And then people are like saying, like, don't compare islands to other people's, and I'm clicking on the comments, and it's just like, yeah, but the islands look so good. I don't feel like playing because my island will never look this good. And that's the thing, isn't it? If it's similar to when people um, always saw influencers who post these, like, you know, quote-unquote luxurious lifestyles all over their mm -hmm. Instagrams and whatever, and it's like, oh, man, like, my life's never going to be as cool as theirs. It's like, well... Uh Even though, like, it's a specifically tailored um, uh, experience that you're only... You're not seeing, like, the back end of where there's a lot more work that's better going in there. Yeah, exactly. And as well, a lot of the time, they will, you know have one good day out, take photos for the next three weeks' worth of content and spread it out as if that's what their life is like when it, it's not. It's, it all folds into the same thing we've been talking about, like, you know, just people feeling insecure about something where it is a... and not realising it is a specifically tailored um, uh, experience that's been showcased. Like, the stuff with, like, um, relationships in the shows mm -hmm. or, you know big old honking dongs <laughs> in pornography or just like you know sick ass animal crossing islands and i was just while i was looking at that i just found a post here it's called it's just titled cooks in animal crossing it's just a relationships advice thread that just says my um uh, my female 26 boyfriend male 28 is visiting another girl's island a lot in animal crossing is this cheating question mark like oh, every no. day and i customize a nice hat for him but i've never seen him wearing it but i noticed he had a new hat today and he said one of his friends made it and it's like do you know what that is the air? That brings it full circle to a toxic relationship thing of, like, my boyfriend is spending time on another girl's island. <laughs> it's like, he can't even play fucking video games. Oh, man. I will shout out, though. Um, it's like, my girlfriend's uh, brother had, like, a great island. And what it was, we went over to his island once to go uh, do some, you know, turnip trades, get those stonks going, and he was dressed in, like, a cash money outfit. I guess suit <laughs> just with, um, like, made out of dollar bills. That's amazing. He had a crown on. His entire island was just basic-ass bitch mode. Apart from his mansion at the top of, like, a decadent uh, mountain that he'd built that, with just money everywhere. That is how it's fucking done. <laughs> that is the Animal Crossing equivalent of a fucking mullet. Yeah. It's all business at the front, but like, do not look behind. Do not look at how like, that shit looks behind him. And it was just great. of like, why wow, you've done basically nothing to the island and you find his house. It's like, holy shit, what has gone on here? It's all the... Do you know what that is? That's when you go into someone's house and they live in a shit area. They've got like, they don't wear a nice... They don't wear like very expensive clothes or anything like that, but they've got like a 80-inch plasma screen TV. <laughs> it's like, they've got one thing they care about and they've spent a lot of money on it. And I just respect it so hard.
It's just that thing that's like sitting in his. Cr- he's like, but the rest of your island looks shit. And he's like, but I don't have to look at the rest of my <laughs> island. I only have to look at my sick mansion. Uh, that is such a fucking hustle. I, I respect that so much. And the funniest thing was, like, we'd been turnip trading for like months when it came out. So we all had millions and millions of bells, and he could have made the rest of his island look better, but he actively chose not to. Yeah. That I respect it. It's like, we, I think we just asked him, and he's like, well, if they want nice houses, they can go do the work themselves. Yeah, fuck that. Why would I, why would I build someone else's house? So if they want their section of the island to improve, they can fucking do it themselves. I'm not. living in my house. I, I am so, so happy. Like, when I see stuff like this. Because <laughs> people get so fucking mad mm-hmm. about it. It's great. <laughs> I love the idea that just, like, sitting there and like, oh, my island will never be this fancy. Like, I might but, as well just stop playing this really relaxing zen game. That's the thing. It's a game that's supposed to be relaxing and people are finding it so stressful. Because they're comparing themselves to others, which is a bad idea, Carl. Well, that's the thing, especially though, you're comparing yourself to others. Uh, you compare yourself to like an imaginary version of others or a version of themselves that is not um, as accurate or realistic as it may seem. It's like the thing with t- like you know bringing it all the way back to TV shows where they are presented as a you know a heightened version of reality, but nonetheless um, an attainable one. Mm-hmm. But they're not. I just want to write an article for all those people with island envy of like, no, show me pictures of your island and I'll make an article of like, here's what realistic expectations you should have in Animal Crossing. But at the same time as well, that attitude is can also lead to quite toxic thinking. It can, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the best example of that is just when it comes to men and their height. Just... We've talked before about this happening. Like any time mm-hmm. height gets brought up on the internet, it's always well. Women don't want to date a guy who's not six foot tall. Five foot ten is the average height. Yeah, and like that's the thing of like it's okay to be a knowledge and aware of stuff like this, but when you make that your entire personality, that can be just as toxic. Yeah, and it's just so funny that I um, I saw it going around on Reddit a while ago of just mm-hmm. oh men, how tall are you and how do you cope with it? And there's so many people like. Well, I'm 5'5", five five, but I um I make sure that I wear, like, lifts in my shoes and tell people that I'm 5'9", and it works out okay. It's like, oh, no. God, it's just the smallest of small dick energy. And I've repeated many a time, I'm 5'7", and don't give a flying fuck whether people think I'm small or not. I'm it's perfectly fine like... with it, and nobody ever gives a shit that I'm small. No, the only people who give a shit are other people who care about their height. And it's like, um, the story my girlfriend tells me is she had a Reddit account for about two months mm. and she deleted it because um, there was like an Ask Reddit thread where it's like, girls of Reddit, um, do you care if a man is like tall or not? And she responded, and I think, I don't know the exact thing she said, but like um, a paraphrased um, recollection of what she told me is along the lines of like, I don't care how tall a guy is. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, but if he's insecure about it and he keeps bringing it up, I care about that. It's infuriating, but other, yeah. But other, other than that, like, just, just be confident. And if a girl doesn't like you for how tall you are, like, that's not a relationship that was going to work out anyway. And she got so downvoted and so many angry messages from men telling her she's wrong about her own <laughs> opinion. Um, she could not post anywhere else on Reddit. 
because her karma got so low from the people who just followed her account and brigaded it. Mm. And every single time she tried to post elsewhere would downvote it to oblivion. She wasn't allowed to post anywhere on Reddit. Now, Carl, those kind of people sound like they have the perfect attitude to get themselves a partner. They do, yes. Yeah, yeah, like completely insecure to the point of asking somebody their opinion and then telling them that their opinion is wrong. Because it does not agree with them. And then harassing them about it. Like harassing them off the internet. Yeah, that's always the one, isn't it? It's like late. Like one of my um, uh, my uh, you know we're apparently having a Reddit episode today. One of my guilty pleasures on Reddit is the Ask Men subreddit. I can't imagine that that's a fun place to be. It's not, but intriguing, I, uh, I suppose. Ostensibly, it is supposed to be just a place to like you know a non-judgmental area for men to ask questions of other men. Yeah. So have you, are you familiar with that like um, YouTube channel that went viral uh, once like a year or so ago of like the guy who grew up without a dad? So he made a YouTube channel of like advice that a dad might give to a son for people who similarly grew up like him. And it's stuff like, oh, here's how you shave. Here's how you shake someone's hand. Oh, yes. I did hear about this. Yeah. And like that um, super wholesome content and the guy like got really viral because people like, this is a really nice thing for you to do. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple of other ones where I think it's like the Gentleman's Club um, is the one I saw. It's like a teacher in an inner city school um, for um, kids who didn't have a parental, like, you know, a father figure in their life. He had a club for them where they could learn to, like, you know, like eat and dress right mm-hmm. and yeah. just how like, you know, manners are important and stuff like that. And he'd buy them little, like, soups for themselves just to, like, you know, raise the confidence. Mm-hmm. So they had, like, you know, that, um, like, you know, male authority figure in their life that was, like, you know, a wholesome, more positive experience. Yeah. To round them out, um, personality-wise. So ostensibly, like the Ask Men subreddit does, like, have a person. The problem is just knowing how men are on the internet. Like, you know, with like the uh, the context of like the thing I just told you mm-hmm. about my girlfriend getting downvoted into oblivion. Yep. Some of the questions that get asked on it, you just read them and you're like, oh no. <laughs> like, there's just like there's something about them where just knowing that it is near exclusively filled with men. Yeah. Who only feel comfortable being with other men, you know. And like we have stuff like this, like, men have read it. How often do you change your walk because you're walking behind a woman late at night? In what in what and way does that mean? Well, well, Lucas, would you like the context? This question is influenced by a video I saw. A guy said he was unintentionally the creepy guy because he was walking behind a woman in a park. As a woman, it never occurred to me that an innocent man deemed as creepy just because they just happen to be walking in the same direction. Is this something you guys naturally take into consideration when walking? And just if you go and like you sort by controversial, hmm. that's where you get the real shit. And it's like exactly zero time because I'm not a moron. Wow. And then it's just a bunch of people that's like, every, when you sort by controversial, all it is is people like, women are like the worst. Like They always think like, all men are rapists. Like, I'm not going to rape anybody. It's like, when your immediate response to something like this is to immediately start like shitting on and yelling at women, mm-hmm. maybe women have a reason to be fearful of men. <laughs> yeah. And like, you know. Not all men. Um... As like, you know, those men will say. Generally speaking, if I'm walking down the street at night, like, I don't generally check if they're a male or a female. Um, I normally just would try to, like, either give people space, like, slow down a little bit, 
make sure I get ahead of them very quickly, like, you know, away from them to make sure they can see what I'm doing. Or I like, you know, go to the other side of the road or whatever. Just give people a space, especially like at night and stuff. Yeah. And it's like is that thing as well? Generally, it's just being aware of context. Yeah, I I'm the type of person where yeah I'll get a bit a bit weirded out if in the middle of the night I've got someone walking right behind me. Like, it's that thing of being aware of context and just like even because that's the thing when men hear this and it's always men, and um, they can't ever imagine a scenario that doesn't directly involve them. And in their head, they're a nice guy, mm-hmm. but. Plenty of people are not nice. And also as well, other people have had bad experiences. Yep. And that's the thing is, like, I've been mugged a couple of times, so therefore I'm very conscious about where other people are. Um, But not everybody might realise that and see that. But I think it's just the good thing to do, the nice thing to do is assume that you should give people a space because yeah no you don't know what other people have experienced in the life mm-hmm. but like uh it's just so many of these like on the surface they seem quite tame but again with that context it's like what is a bro code that you think should be followed internationally it's like just the idea that you think it's like a fucking bro code instead of just like being a fucking human mm-hmm. uh, I, I hate stuff like that it's like oh yeah the bro code it's like, no, that's just, like, toxic chatter. It's like, just be a decent fucking person and take things into context. It's like, no, I want a rule of how I should interact with people in every scenario. It's like, that, yeah. it doesn't if you work don't that tell way. Me, if you don't tell me explicitly what I am and I'm not allowed to do in every social situation, how am I supposed to know? It's like, well, how about you use your fucking eyeballs in your brain? <laughs> And then it's like, what behaviour do you see from other guys that you don't understand? And that's just like, you know, full of guys, like when I'm reading the comments, I'm like, oh, posturing and being a tough guy. They're not really tough guys. Like, it's like... <sighs> oh, dear. <sighs> I just... I, I have no faith in men. Especially men given anonymity on the internet. Yeah. And it's just... Oh, my. I, I like um saw somebody who I can't remember the exact tweet, but it was like a man a man tweeted this out and it was just like oh uh, men are the problem in the world if you don't agree with this just absolutely fuck off you are the problem mm-hmm. I was like yep and I don't know what the context was for that but I didn't even need to know the context for the tweet because I'm just like yeah yeah there's also this thing as well of because it's like one of those subreddits where it's quite popular. They have like things that say, do not fucking ask this question. Over. Do you know, like, we we experienced this in like, you know, a minor sense of like being asked the same thing over and over and over again. Mm. If you've got an original question to ask, you can do so at carlscornqa at gmail.com. <laughs> uh, but like they have like little flares for stuff like um, uh, just letting you, it's giving you a bit of context before you even bother to read it. And it's like, how do I meet women during quarantine? And the mod thing is just like, Christ, not this shit again. Yeah. And the thing is, there's a search function on Reddit. Now, if you've got that question on at like an Ask Men page, would you not first search for the question to see if somebody else has asked? Mm-hmm. But as well, Lucas, it's just that thing of look. Um, how do I meet? With, how do I attract a woman? It's like there's no answer 
that's going to be concise enough. Because it's like, you know, we can use, like, uh, um, go to our own experiences for this one of the question myself and you've been asked quite a bit of either how do I get into writing or how do I get into, like, making YouTube videos online? Mm-hmm. And every time I'm asked that question, I think you've experienced me being asked this live. And I tried to give the explanation of, well, I started like 10 years ago doing this, 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 and this. And I worked behind the scenes for a long time. Like, yeah, but but how do I get started? And then I, again, I tried to give my explanation of what we need to do this, 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 and this. For me personally, this is what I found helpful. It's like, yeah, but how do I get started online? Like, I think it was you who said, Carl, just stop talking. Yeah. They don't want to know how to get, to, they want to know how do they get to the point you are now without doing any of the work you're just talking about. Yep, totally. And sorry if that, picked up on my mic i just was standing up and just like moving my old mic up because i'm like been sat in this chair for a few hours so i just thought i'd go stand in desk mode for a while even though my desk isn't a stand-up desk but yeah um it's just that weird thing of like yeah i need to know how you became successful person who had to graft is that oh well i, I grafted for 10 years well i don't like that answer give me a better answer yeah. How do I attract women during the pandemic? And that's the thing, I'm looking at some of the answers and it's just like, oh yeah, well, you know, join dating apps first. Um, and if you're not comfortable using dating apps, join groups like Reddit. Go find smaller communities of interest, niche interests that you have and just talk to people because a lot of relationships flourish from conversation and friendships. And just like the people say, no, but I've tried this and it didn't work. It's like, Okay, so it didn't. You didn't get a relationship out of it, but you found a community that enjoys the same interests as you. How is this a bad thing again? Yeah, and just it's just the give me the fucking the pickup line I need to meet women. It's that that doesn't exist. Lucas, I went to hug a girl and she grabbed my hand and shook it. What are the most isolated places on earth known to man? And it's like, please feel sorry for me. I am like a shit dude who could not pick up on signals from a girl. It's clearly her fault when I need to be consoled. Yeah, that's a weird one. Of like, oh, I tried to invade someone's personal space. They gave me a polite signal that that's not okay. Oh, my life is over. Like, yeah. what? What? No, it's not. Hey, guys. Just don't hug people if they're not comfortable with it. My girlfriend just asked for smart water. The gas station didn't have any, so I got a Fiji water instead. What have you guys done wrong lately? What? I'm, I'm baffled by this. And I, like, I don't know what you're meant to do in that situation of, like, getting asked these kind of questions because they, the, if they I, just if don't mate want me that. answer. No, they want you to agree with them. Mm-hmm. It's like when we were talking about the Am I the Arsehole one of 90% of people go on there for self-validation and then get really fucking angry when you don't self-validate them. Yeah. It's like, oh no, but you were the arsehole. No, I'm not. Fuck you. You're an arsehole. Like, dear man, my girlfriend has a pet name for me and I think it's embarrassing. How do I tell her politely that I don't like this? It's like, fucking hell. <laughs> hey, my girlfriend feels comfortable using a pet name with me, which uh, is indicative of the closeness of our relationship. I hate this shit. Like, what? I don't I don't get that whole thing of like not liking pet names. I, I understand if people don't want them used in public. And I don't think that most people would have a problem if you just said, look, 
can this stay a thing between us two? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, I would get if oh yeah, my my girlfriend keeps walking into like family and friends situations and calling me by my pet name. It's like well, have that's a conversation amazing. I, I would love that shit. That'd be amazing. Because I don't have a pet name. Like, why would I have a pet name when my name's one syllable long? That's true. Uh, uh, Luke, do you want this one? Uh, again, this one's got a little flair and it says frequently ask. Lucas, what's a high-paying job you can get without decades of experience? Oh, yeah. He's like, tell me an easy way to earn money that requires no effort from me. And it's like, the, all the jobs where that's the case are already being done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, the people who are in the super high-paying jobs that are really easy don't tend to leave those fucking jobs. No, not really. Like, but that, that's like, I'm just scrolling down looking for like the funny ones. I'm like, that is so perfectly emblematic of what we just talked about. Of How do I get all the success without any of the work or effort being put in. Yeah. I get it. Working hard is hard. Yeah, that's why it's called working hard. So I get it, but don't act as if everybody else knows something that you fucking don't. It's just, oh, Carl, how do I become successful? Well, try really without- hard at something. No, no, I don't like that. Tell me how you did it. Well, I tried really hard at something for a long time and got my lucky break. No, I don't like that. Tell me how you really did it. <laughs> Lucas, how often do you take a look at a girl and think, yeah, she's cute, but there's no way, there's no need to waste my time hitting on her because she'd never go for it. And it's like, what an awful toxic mindset to have towards women. Of like, she's probably like, When your first thought about looking at an attractive woman is she's probably a stuck-up bitch who'd never go for a guy like me, that's your problem, not hers. Yeah. Totally, and, that's, and a, that's, the thing. that's a real mindset that people need to get out of. And and that's the thing of like, but it's it's on here. This is, I'm on the most upvoted post of all time on this subreddit, and that's like the 20th one. Yeah, because so many people it, have got that weird self-deprecating mindset of just, well, you know, the world is over, I'm a loser. It's like... But there's that thing as well of, like, how toxic is that mindset? But again, Joe, the thing like TV shows and stuff, it's been presented as, like, you know, an acceptable one to have without any sort of self-reflection. Like, Mm -hmm. because if you break that down, what's really happening there is, is just you are making a snap judgment about someone based on their appearance, Mm -hmm. which you know, if you told these guys that you don't date short guys, they'd go on a fucking rant about how you shouldn't do that to men. But here they are doing the same thing to women. It's that really weird thing of just, well, yeah, nobody's going to want a relationship with you if you're the kind of person that says, well, I'm going to be immediately dismissed because they're too good looking for me. It's like, well, if you're walking in with that mindset, yes, of course that's going to fucking happen. But it's not because of them looking better than you. It's because you've got this weird, like toxic mindset that you need to get out of. That feeds into like every interaction you have with people. And believe it or not, like people are able to pick up on that sort of thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Totally. Lucas, outside of porn, what career gets do men get laid most in? Asking for a friend. It's like, uh, what job can I get where I get laid the most? It's like, fucking hell. I don't know, become Tom Jones. Oh. Like, did I um, mention as well that it came up recently that it's like, okay. oh, um, the oldest prostitute in America is retiring after like, 60 years of being a prostitute and sleeping with like 500,000 people including four presidents fuck yeah and it's like you got some fucking work done 
Jot as well. They're gonna get a, a hell of a book deal out of that one. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh my That's god. And I, I just, I can't even understand how that math works out. Like when Ooh. Tom Jones is sitting there, like, yeah, I slept with like a hundred thousand people. It's like, but you also had a job, didn't you? Yeah, but his job, by the nature of his job, is being laid off. Do you see that one? Was it like Rod Stewart? They said, well, you've had like, you know, your legendary libido. Mm. Like, you famously have had sex with like thousands of women. Mm-hmm. Um, how is that like, you know, as your old age slows you down? And his response was something along the lines of like, well, I get offered casual sex all the time and I had it so much that I'm bored of it now. I just want to play with my trains. <laughs> Because he's like really obsessed uh, with like model trains. So what he does now is he no longer invites women to his like um, uh, dressing room. He invites people who want to see his fucking trains. <laughs> and that's that thing of, you know, there are people out there who are super obsessed with a weird niche hobby mm-hmm. who think that they can't get laid because of it. And that's the perfect, it's like, you're wrong. It's just, you're not confident enough. Because look at fucking Rod Stewart. It's like he is turning down casual sex to talk about his weird train obsession. To talk about and play with his trains. And have you ever seen, like, and anyone out there who's like, well, Rod Stewart's a handsome man. Go p- look up a picture of Rod he, Stewart as he looks like right now and he, then look at how he dresses. Yeah. It's pure, all of it, it's all confidence. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. And I guess, like, you know, when it comes to situations like rock stars, like when Tom Jones is like, oh, well, I slept with 100,000 people, I suppose he's probably sleeping with multiple people at the same time. So yeah. that does help the, the statistics out. It's like, what a world. What a world to live in where you're just, I've had way too much casual sex. I'm just done with it. I, I, yeah, just, I just want to play with my trains. trains. I just want to play with my trains. Just, just all I want is my trains. <laughs> I've never heard that. I love that. It's so, he loves trains. Because there's a great one where I think he painted his house fucking green or something like that. Because mm. it turns out he's um uh, he's colorblind in real life. Is uh, Rod Stewart? Oh right, okay, yeah. And uh, it's one of those things where nobody knew about this, and the reason it got revealed is because he casually mentioned it in an interview with Model Train Enthusiast magazine. <laughs> which is uh, the, the fact that I found hilarious about this is um, he wasn't even the headline story for that for that issue of uh, Model Train Enthusiasts. Really? Like, he was on like the 40th page. They got Rod and Stewart the only... and he's just like <laughs> a sub-story. Yeah. yeah, he's a sub-story. And the thing is, they didn't even care about the fact it's Rod Stewart. It's because he got a new train they wanted to talk about because he was one of the first people in the world to get it. <laughs> and during this interview, he mentions... oh. It, well, Rod, like, how much of this stuff do you do on your own? Because, like, you know, obviously you're a very wealthy man. You can bring anyone in to get all this shit done. It's like, no, I like to do a lot of myself. I do a lot of the painting myself, but I struggle to paint the trees. I say, what do you mean you struggle to paint the trees? Like, well, I'm colorblind. And that's something he's never talked about before, mm-hmm. ever. He's never mentioned that in any other interview. He mentioned it in the Model Train Enthusiast fucking magazine. And they were like, wait, what? You're, you're colorblind? He's like, oh, yeah. I'm surprised people don't know. It's like, what do you mean? It's like, well, have you seen how I dress? Because he can't see colours, so he just wears patterns. So he just wears clashing patterns. And also, he once accidentally painted his house bright orange or something. But because he's a rock star, people just thought it was him being eccentric and not that he bought the wrong paint because he didn't know what colour his house is. <laughs> he painted his house like bright, garish colours and got complaints from his neighbours. He's like, I don't know why he complained. It looks fine to me. 
I just <sighs> I thought he was gonna say something along the lines of, "Well, when I I get people come to look at my model trains, they always question why I've got like." bright red trees all the time it's like oh, no. well, that's what he did he pa- apparently painted them all the wrong color and someone had to come in and tell him trees aren't that color rod <laughs> oh man that's such a a weird reason for his fashion sense like you'd never yeah, think about because... it would you but you look at him it's wears clashing patterns because he can't see color he only sees patterns and he wants to wear something that stands out to him mm-hmm. so he just picks the most like ridiculous patterns he can Oh man, that's amazing! And it's like, well, you know, just, I, just I suppose like nobody's trained. nobody's asking him if he's colorblind, is it? Like, it's not really yeah. something that comes up in conversation. But the fact as well that the, the, we did a video on it on the channel where it's like it's the confluence of events that led to that being revealed are so fucking hilarious. Like, mm-hmm. one, he was interviewed; he's obsessed with model trains. Two, he was interviewed by Model Train Enthusiast magazine. Three, he wasn't even the cover story because <laughs> there was a new train out that they wanted to talk about. And four, they didn't even give a fuck that he's Rod Stewart. It's just that he had a train they wanted to talk about. Oh, God, that's so good. And, like, I do remember, though, um, in school, like, one of my friends in high school uh, was colorblind. <laughs> and we didn't find out for, like, years. And it was only one day when we were in art class. And bear in mind, I'd had art class with the guy for years. He just turned around and was like, oh, which one of these is red? And, like, pointed at <laughs> the, pe- the pencils. And we were like, what do you mean, which one of these is red? He's like, well, I can't tell which one's red. It's like, what do, you, what do you mean? He's like, well, I'm colorblind. I can't tell the difference. And we were like, hang on. We've known you for, like, three, four years, and we've never known this. Did you ever see that amazing, um, like, just story about the guy who was the quality analysis like head for all of Crayola on his last day at work said he's colorblind <laughs> the last thing he said is like oh I'm really glad that uh, I've been they were giving a big speech about how well he'd done his job it's like oh you've been amazing um, uh, we don't know how we're going to replace you it's like well I'm really glad that you think I've done a good job because I, I forgot to mention on my uh, application that I'm colorblind <laughs> and he was the quality assurance manager for Crayola <laughs> Oh. oh man, that's good. Oh, and do you know what I love as well? I'm scrolling down here and I've seen five posts of how does modern date how does modern dating work? How do you date people? How do you get a date? Why can't I get a date on Yeah. And they're all super upvoted, but the flare on them is like stop fucking asking this, just Oh dear. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm colorblind. Oh, it's so good. Oh. oh, Lucas, I recently complimented my wife's hair in an older picture, and she took that to say that I hate her current hairstyle. Oh, no. How have you messed up, quote unquote, this week? It's like fucking hell. I've seen that one so- a lot. I like in. I know you mentioned it earlier, but like. Just the idea of, oh no, how have I messed up? Because we're all fuck-ups, aren't we? And women are all horrible. And that's something that goes all the way back to what we talked about at the start of, like, just representation in media of, like, completely fucking useless men. Mm -hmm. Like, how many, like, TV dads are fucking useless? Oh yeah, all of them. Like, uh, I want to say I watched a lot of um, Everybody Loves Raymond. Mm. And, like, he's just, like, a whiny, nasally, fuck useless 
schlub. Yeah. To the point where, like, there's episodes where it's like, look after your children. He's like, oh, it's like, they're your fucking children. Just look at, and he like complains that he has to look after his kids. Yeah, and the ones where it's always like, oh, um, mum's gone out for the night. Guess we're ordering takeaway because I don't know how to cook. And it's like, oh, can you clean up? And it's like, oh, I'm really bad at cleaning up. Yeah. And don't and don't thing, get like, me wrong, look- like it goes both ways, and like the representation is always just like stereotyped and awful for yeah. both sides of the conversation for everybody. For everybody yeah, and it's that thing like think about as well, because you always have like men again will always complain about this sort of thing, mm-hmm. but think about as well how poorly that re- like, reflects on men, where that's like the primary representation of male parental figures yeah. of them being useless as care providers mm-hmm. for their offspring. And poor lovers as well. Because how many, like, TV couples never have sex? Oh, God, yeah, yeah. Not, like, TV, like, people. Because, like, we've mentioned, like, people who friends, mm. they're single. But, like, think about, like, we've talked about, like, the Friends thing. Like, you know, where every member of the Friends crew had more sex than the average person. But the instant it's Chandler and Monica get together, how much, like, how many, like, storylines do you recall? Or, like, gags in episodes where they don't have sex anymore? Mm. And I think it's less pronounced in Friends, but there's a lot of family sitcoms where it's like the mum and the dad have, have not had sex since they, they've had kids or whatever and and they const- and then it's always the dad complaining that the woman's never in the mood and it's like man imagine being because what I think I made a comment about this a couple months ago on Twitter or something mm. where I was like watching a couple of shows I think I watched some episodes of Everybody Loves Rain where that happened and I noticed that and I thought like, these shows are clearly written by men yeah I think that show was partly written by Ray Romano, and it's that thing of like, what a tr- they don't even have the self awareness to realize what a tremendous self own it is to admit that they've got such poor coxmanship that their partner who married them and like let them sire children with them don't want to sleep with them. Yeah, it's like that um, classic Ben Shapiro self dunk, isn't it? Of like, look, my- some <laughs> women can't have orgasms. My wife is a doctor and can't have them. She told me. <laughs> my- so. My wife assured me that some women just can't get wet during sex. It's like, oh, Ben. Oh, mate, like, you're a dickhead, but I even feel a little bit bad for you then. Like, it's that thing where you look and go, oh, no. <laughs> it's like, do you know what you're saying? So, have you ever seen that? Like, there's been many variations of that on Twitter where it's like, just, it's, they get dunked on from orbit, and there's the one of the guy. Uh, well, I think it was like a professor or like, you know, some uh, someone who blogs about like, you know, sexual health and mm. stuff like I was talking about, um, uh, like, you know, how to co- talk to your partner and have a healthy approach to your sex life. Mm. And they mentioned like, you know, um, if you can't bring you, if you, you and your partner aren't regularly achieving climax or what have you, like here are some things you can address it. And just a guy, for some reason, out of nowhere, tweet, I want to see if I can find the actual tweet now. This, uh, the thing is, my search is going to be amazing now. <laughs> well, I actually saw something. I think it was today, earlier today. Um, either scrolling through like Twitter or Reddit or something where it was one of those posts of like, look, I, um, I've i been with several women now and I'm convinced that the female orgasm doesn't exist and it's just <laughs> some like fake thing that Paul made up. He's like, oh, no. Oh, he doesn't know. Because we have one here. Uh, it's Mr. Brad Anderson. Okay, Branderson over here. I'm, tr- I'm trying to find the tweet he was in response to. Okay. Oh, okay, yeah, so I got it here. Uh, ba, 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 ba. So let's get all the full context here. Uh, ba, ba. So it was Alyssa Milano. 
Um, our reproductive rights are being erased until women have legal control of our bodies. We just can't risk pregnancy. Um, join me by not having sex until we get bodily autonomy back. Calling for a sex strike. So this was a couple of years ago now. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and someone's just like breaking it down here. This idea frames sex as something that hetero women are subjected to rather than enthusiastic participants in. And that's um, Lara Witt on Twitter. And then Mr. Brad Anderson at Andy Brad HV responds, I get the point you're trying to make, but I have yet to meet a heterosexual woman who enthusiastically participates in sex. <laughs> and it's like, oh, Mr. And that's the thing of like, he's got no fucking clue. He thinks this that- is some kind of gotcha moment for him. Of like, aha, you're talking about like women loving sex, but I've never met a woman who loves sex. Haha. And it's like, oh, he doesn't like, know, oh, does he? Oh, mate, mate, you. Oh, no. <laughs> it's just that moment of like, sir, you should have you thought about what you were saying before you said it. It's like you said, he thought that was a gotcha then. Mm-hmm. It's like, haha, like the one you mentioned, just mentioned then of like, I think the female orgasm is myths, I've never seen one. <laughs> And it was like, uh, oh no! My girlfriend told me she did like sex ed in America. Hmm. Like her teacher said that. What her teacher was saying that the female orgasm doesn't exist. Yeah, I, I think it was a, they had a um, a woman teach like uh, they had a woman teach the girls mm-hmm. and then a guy teach the guys to like just teach about the body. And they she recalls that her teacher said, uh, um, "It's don't worry if you don't orgasm. Um, it's rare if it happens at all during sex." And it's like she remembers like her partner works at the school. Oh no! <laughs> it's just like every girl in that class is just like, "Oh, we feel so bad for that teacher." Oh no! <sighs> it's it's really like a depressing and b sad. It's like, just so and telling now, weird isn't it? And just, is it, it, well, what I was going to say is just, it's so sad and strange that so many people sell for, like, completely innocuous sex of just, like, I don't even get an orgasm out of this. I don't even enjoy it. So that's the thing, of like, but that's what's normalised on TV. Yeah. Again, like, uh, just going back to uh, Everybody Loves Raymond, there's an episode, like, there are so many episodes of that show, it's like, I just want to have sex with my wife and she doesn't want to have sex with me. And I think they even have an episode where they, um, uh, his wife is like, I don't want to have sex with you. Mm-hmm. And then Ray, in return, is like, well, I'm not going to have sex with you. And the joke is, he's like, oh, well, the woman's never going to want to have sex with the man, ever. Yeah, that's a, a very common one of, like, the woman being like, oh, no, you're not going to withhold sex from me. Oh, what a shame. That's not going to work, is it? But then they have, like, the, um, the twist on that because they have a bit later in the show where like she comes into um, the bedroom and she's wearing like really fancy lingerie mm. and she's got her hair and her makeup done and she like comes into the room and she's like swanning about then she notices he's not there so she just climbs into bed but then Ray comes in and does the same thing where like um, he's like done his hair he's like um, got moisturiser on he's got some silk underwear on mm-hmm. um, like he's he, earlier in the episode you see him working out so he comes in and he's showing off that he's worked out and she is similarly trying to pretend that she's not bothered by it. And it's that thing of like, the lesson he learns there isn't that. If I, uh, at the end of the episode, he learns that if they just hold it off for long enough, eventually she'll want to have it. It's not like the one time you made effort, she actually was up for it. But then because you both had this weird, like, bet with one another, that didn't happen. Ah, uh, right, okay. But it's that thing of like, so the episode is all, it's like so close. 
to actually get in the message there that if you want your wife to have sex with you, put some fucking effort in. <laughs> and he doesn't learn that lesson. The lesson he learns is, is just that. Um, she wants it at random. And if we leave it long enough, eventually we'll have it. Just, yeah. It'll like, hit a threshold gets, at some point. Yeah, it gets to the end of the episode and it's like, oh, it's been like three weeks. Because like the joke is that they're just sat at the, um, uh, the kitchen table and he says, okay, I give up, you win. Hmm. And she's like, oh, I didn't realise we were still doing like the no sex thing. I forgot. <laughs> and then she whispers in his ear, um, it's actually been like um, four weeks. And as she goes up to the bedroom, mm-hmm. and rather than learning, oh, wow, like, when I make an effort and I try to like, you know, allure my wife by showing her that, you know, I still find her attractive and that I want to be attractive for her, she'll respond to that in a way. You know, he sees it as like, oh, she was tricking me. He's like, no, God damn it. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh. That's think that's so common though in shows. It is, yeah. Like that is such a common thing. And that's why I think like the best uh relationship in terms of like how healthy it is in regards to that actually towards sex and stuff is like Hal and Lois in Malcolm in the Middle. Oh yeah, all the time. It's like where like Hal is absolutely head over heels in love with his wife mm-hmm. at all times and he wants to be with her at all times and he finds her like endlessly attractive and ev- like they have an episode where um, like she I think the joke is is that Hal is attracted to Lois when she's pregnant. Oh uh, right. Because okay. she's more because she's more curvy. Yeah. And like the joke is that he's trying to get her to put on weight throughout the episode because he finds her attractive because like, he just likes her when she's curvy. And then at the end of the episode it shows her um uh, just like cleaning stuff up in the house. And she's like wearing she's like sweats, a big old shirt on with like paint stains on it, her hair's a mess and she's got no makeup on and she just puts a baseball cap on because she's throwing stuff around the house into a basket and Hal sees her and just like gets the look on his face of like (laughs) because he can't help himself it's like and that's played for a joke and it's like no it's just a man who's just like really excited that he's got a hot wife and he's still attracted to his wife God those two need to learn about contraception though but the fact though that that's portrayed as like they're supposed to be the typical dysfunctional family Mm -hmm. Like their family's supposed to be dysfunctional. The thing that makes them dysfunctional is that the husband and wife are completely besotted with one another. <laughs> it's like, uh, have you ever seen that breakdown of like uh, Morticia and Gomez of them? Like, they're supposed to be a deliberate um, inversion of a traditional sitcom married couple. Right, yeah. And the inver- and that inversion is a husband and wife who are completely in love with one another and support their children. Yep. They are like, like head over heels for each other at all times in that show. Yeah, and that, that's supposed to be an inversion of the traditional <laughs> um, uh, family. Like the nuclear family. Yeah, it's like uh, The Simpsons. Yeah. Same, similar thing. Where, again, it's a, uh, it's a di- the dysfunctional family. And what makes them dysfunctional is like Homer and Marge are a couple who just like completely and utterly in love with one another, except for like, you know, later seasons where they kind of throw that out of the window. Yeah, yeah. But it's like a husband who is like completely and utterly devoted to his wife. And they seemingly like, you know, have a very healthy and um, uh, enjoyable marriage. <laughs> but that's the dysfunctional aspect. It's amazing. Oh, but long story short, guys, just don't be a dick. If you ever find yourself thinking, I might tweet out that I've never encountered an enthusiastic partner during sex, think about how that looks and maybe just go and like reflect. You know, like, I just thought then as well, it's really weird that yes. a big trope is like, oh, the the invisible clitoris as well. And it's like... Yeah, it's impossible it's to impossible find. It's impossible to find. It's like, 
It's a myth. Why is why is this a trope? Why is this a joke? Because so many men who write those jokes are shit at sex. Yeah. And they can't and they rather than admit they're shit at sex, they'd rather blame the woman. <laughs> it's that simple. It's not impossible. I remember like that because that did in full like, I was like, you know, my approach when I started like, you know, being um, active sexually, I was like, oh man, is that a really bad thing? Like I did worry about that until I had a girlfriend and just talked to her. I went, no, it's right here. Oh done. Yeah. That's all one second. One second. So the thing I remember is just like one of like this is like probably over a decade now, mm-hmm. just with one of my girlfriends. It was just she just went, It's not there, it's here, and moved my hand, and that was it. <laughs> and I went, all these TV shows, all these like where that is an actual plot thread. Mm-hmm. Like, that is an actual thing, like in shows where it's like they can't please their wife one second that's up to fix it's like fucking hell yeah the men writing these gags mm-hmm. they must be terrible terrible <laughs> terrible there's another pro tip for men just ask if you ask yeah if you're not sure ask like just ask it takes one second that's the thing that is if men refuse to ask for direction <laughs> regardless of how much time it'll save that might be true Oh, but Lucas, anything else you'd like to uh, plug before we go? Because I think that's a good place to end it. Just ask for directions <laughs> if you need them. Uh, yeah, you can find me doing my gaming stuff over on Twitch and YouTube at Canto Legend of Canto, and then my socials are Canto Legend underscore. Yeah, and then for me, it's just like twitch.tv forward slash Carl's Wood. Carl S. Wood. Um, uh, no parentheses or like different punctuation in that. And then Carl's Corner QA Gmail. Carl's Corner, QA at gmail.com for questions. And then uh, check the links below for the live event we're doing. And I can't wait for the amount of questions now we're going to get about how do you find the clearance. Yeah, we're not the ones <laughs> to answer that question. Uh, but... No, just, just Google it. Also, Carl, uh, just meant to ask, yes. is there like a limited number of tickets or anything to this event? Uh, there is. There's about 50 tickets available now. But the reason we're doing that is because if we put... Uh, the venue holds up to 200. Right. But we want to start small because I, uh, the plan is right now, I'm going to announce it over time. Yeah. To more and more people. Like, for example, um, for Christmas, when we normally do the Christmas catch up episode of like announcing what's happening next year, I'm going to mention it in there. So, one of the things I wanted to do is like mention it at first, like Twitter, my Discord, on the podcast, where there's a smaller audience, which people who evidently give slightly more of a shit about our content. Mm-hmm give people like that the opportunity to be aware of it and then buy the ticket if they want to. And then if we sell those out, we'll expand it and no make announcements again. Cool. But I, I just want it to be like um, realistic in the things. Like last time we did, we had 50. Mm-hmm. They sold out fairly sharply. So we announced it on the main channel straight away. Yeah. So I'm just going to try and do that. It's because um, uh, the person who's sorting out the tickets, um, uh, like once we've done the 50, we've cleared like the venue costs and then everything after that is money that you guys get. True. It's more just like once we've got the um, the venue cost taken care of, it's like I can liaise with you guys about how many people you'd be comfortable having there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And once we start to get like a core group of about 50, 60 people in, because um, like presumably they'll be in the Discord, they'll be able to like contact me. It's like, okay, so what would you be... Like, if we get more people in, we'll have more money so we can do more stuff with the event. Yeah, but then that's the issue once of we've like, got it established. COVID's not great over in England and Christmas stuff is yet to happen. So like we'll we'll yeah. see how things go over winter, I suppose. And it's that thing as well of like the more people you have there, the less opportunity they may have to like, you know, interact with us. Exactly. So it's yeah. like, you know, try to strike that balance there. So while there's 50 tickets at the moment, there's the opportunity for more, but that might not be the case depending on how comfortable everybody is with the event and what we can get sorted. Yeah, cool. Just thought so I'd ask so that, you know, 
if people are trying to make up their mind, people might get a bit more of a, an idea of how big the event is going to be. Well, that's the thing that of if you see that they're sold out um, and you ask us if there's going to be more, there might not be. Yeah. So if you want to come, because I've made, I've deliberately made the tickets like five pounds. Because mm-hmm. um, like five pounds feel like a reasonable amount of money. Because with that, if we sell 50 tickets, that's enough to pay for the venue and give um, uh, the organizer um, a little bit of money for their troubles as well. Because they're taking care of all like the emails and the booking and stuff like that. Right, yeah, yeah. Cool. Like, I'll pass it on to somebody else. It's a bit of a um, hassle for me. Yeah, that's fair. Because I've got all the stuff to do. But yeah, cheers, everyone. Peace out. Yeah,